Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today, Cynthia Berry, and she is coming on to tell us about her idol success story and her journey to become an idol. So Cynthia, will you please introduce yourself and tell us like a little bit about your background and who you are? Yes. Hi. I'm really glad to be here. My name is Cynthia Berry. I am a former teacher. Uh, I've taught for a total of seven years and I loved teaching, but I was just being called to do something different. And instructional design had popped up a few times and researched it. And I'm here. I just, I love it. It's great. What kind of teacher did you say you were? Well, I taught, let's see, I taught eighth grade language arts. I taught seventh grade writing. Writing's my jam. I love technical writing and I love writing. So seventh grade was actually the grade that I love the most. But I taught fifth grade math and then I taught fourth grade math and fourth graders are good, you know, cause they still, you can still kind of tell them what to do and they, they'll do it. Seventh grade have a mind of their own. So sometimes that was a little tricky, but I was more like elementary middle school teacher. I've never taught high school or anything, but I, I enjoyed my time as a teacher. When did you start to feel the itch? I mean, I know you said what, seven eight years. So what was it that kind of led you to find a new career? And then how did you actually find out about instructional design? That's a really good question. So the itch would be last year wanting to do something different. I wanted to become a coach and it seemed like there were so many hurdles to jump through, or I needed to know the right person. I needed to do the right thing here and there, or have someone's favor in order to move up to being a teacher, I mean, a coach rather. And I wound up just thinking like teachers will stay teachers. You can't, if you make a lateral move from one school to the next, you're not upgrading. You're staying a teacher. You're just in a new facility with a new principal. So just thinking about it more and more at the end of last year, it just really occurred to me that I really wanted to do more. I enjoy being in leadership positions and partnering alongside of people to encourage them or help in some way. I just saw myself doing so many other things for people. I thought this is, this is, I really enjoy doing this. When we had the, I guess, quote unquote, lockdown when every, everyone was virtual, I went up making a lot of digital content for my, for my students. And it went into the last year when we taught asynchronously. So I had to create everything from scratch and I loved it. I loved putting all of the new digital... I had to take all of my math curriculum and create it digitally. Like, I mean, they they didn't give us anything. We just kind of had to do it. And, you know, you teachers out there, you know what I'm talking about. They just give you the stuff. You're like, here you go. I'm like, all right, then I guess this is what I'm doing. So I did it and I absolutely loved it. And what I did was I, I kept asking questions. I kept asking people that were in authority, you know, one for like the learning platform that we used and 
trying to get information on, you know, what to do next. And the, the thing was instructional design actually popped up three times for me, twice in an email. One was in like an email drip and they mentioned Idle Courses Academy. I blew it off. I was like, what is this? I went to meet with someone that I thought was on my side that was going to help me get to where I needed to be. He was prepping me and grooming me to be model teacher classroom for math. And that never really actually happened. But he said, instructional design. I'm like, I've never heard this word before in my life. What does it mean? And then lo and behold, again, I see it in the email drip from a woman from the same email to check out Idle Courses Academy. And so I did. And everything about it was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I understand everything that the scope of the entire academy, this is what I have been doing. I've been creating digital content. I've been creating e-learning solutions. I've been creating these things. It's on a different level. Okay. For elementary, I get it. It's it's not a corporate thing or whatever, but it intrigued me so much that I just took a leap of faith and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it, thank goodness it was over a summer because it's a lot of work. <laughs> I didn't have a summer, actually. I started Idle Courses Academy in June. This summer it was cohort seven and finished it right when school was starting. And then I got my idle job like two weeks later. Okay, you've got, you've piqued my curiosity. There was a drip email, was it? And it wasn't from me? Mm -mm. No, I was following someone off of Pinterest. She's called the Teacher Fluence. And it was a lady who left teaching and she created pathways for teachers to kind of move out of teaching and into curriculum writing or, you know, content development or something like that for these ed tech companies. So she was doing a lot of research and just putting these pathways out there for people. And I mean, I just, it was just, I decided just to join her email distribution list. So I could just kind of see what was going on. And, and, you know, it was interesting. It had a lot of neat little articles and then there was always job posting. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do anything like this. Oh my gosh. You know what? But it just sounded great to do something else with this, the talents that I, I know that I have and many other educators have. There's like a toolbox full and we only get to use so much. So I was just ready to jet. I was like, deuces, I'm doing something else and I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to where I want to be. And so, you know, it only took, a, it took three times and then I was like, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's so I haven't even heard of teacher fluence. That's so interesting. Now I'm like, who's this person? And so it's not Daphne. I don't, I don't remember the ladies. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll just, I'll just, remember, I'll just, but if I remember, I'll, I'll message you on that and, and idle and let you know, I know I have a, a emails from her still, but I actually haven't seen that email drip in a while. It, it was, it only happened up until the point where I joined idle. And I actually won a contest, her contest for a one-on-one. I won a book and then she gave me a free year subscription to Flex Jobs. So I didn't know what to do with that. You know, the book is, it looks interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I hadn't touched it yet, but I'm gonna, <laughs> because I want, I'm, I want to fully immerse myself in some 
just the mindset of, you know, continuing my journey. It's not going to stop just right here because I have an idle job. You know, it's just not. Okay. So now I have to get into it. So you did, you joined in June. Yeah. You were part of the seventh cohort. And did you do the become an idle challenge or did you just enroll and get started? So the five day challenge, I saw that you're talking about the five day. Yeah. I saw that probably like in day three and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I, I'm going to have to catch up. And so I, I took the quiz. I tried to do as you know, everything that I could and just took a look at it. But then I did the, when, we, when I joined, we did the 14 day challenge, but I didn't get to complete it. I think it might still be in there, but it was actually very good. It's a very good condensed version with a lot of really good nuggets to just kind of get a glimpse of the possibilities of what an idle, you know, instructional designer does, those those type of things. And I just loved it. I loved doing the work. So how much time did so you started the academy and then did you okay, so it was supposed to be your stomach break, but how did you actually approach the material, building your portfolio? How much time did you put aside? What did your journey look like before you landed your job? Well, gosh, since it was the summer, I had all the time that I needed to, except for the fact that I was teaching. I wrote curriculum for the ACE program, which was going to be over the summer. So like all of June, I was still doing that half a day. I was kind of like directing slash being a classroom teacher for the enrichment program. So I was doing that. And then eventually I just started bringing my laptop to there and I was giving them the crafts. I'm like, you guys do this. Let me know if you need help and I'm going to do this, (laughs) you know? And so I just started going through everything just at a, a pace that I knew I could handle. And I really hurt myself. Like I, I stay very organized. I try to, I guess I'm hard on myself. So if I didn't, if I wasn't doing it at this time, I would get stressed out a lot, but just, I started it and then I, I paced myself, but then I feel like I would set myself back because I would get that, what is called imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing? I can't do this. Look at it. Ah, You know, just being a whiny behind me about it. But like, I was so, okay, you know, you, you're going to do this and I just had to change my mindset. So then I just plowed through it, you know, not at the pace I wanted because I wanted to do a whole lot more, but I would get stuck just, you know, mulling over and processing things and just staring at my computer for hours at a time. I don't even know where the time went, you know, but I, I think I was like 12 hours a day on my computer, you know, and then putting together portfolio, that was probably the most fun thing. Just I don't know why, but, you know, I'm a creative and I love colors and, you know, oh, this is fun. You know, I get to do these things and stuff. And it was, it helped me see what my style is, what my preferences are and how my message is going to relate to whoever's looking at my portfolio. So the journey through Idol was absolutely incredible. Met tons of people. Still, I get to work with an idol. Still, one of my one of my friends. She works with me, not directly. We're on a team, so we're paired up. She's paired with someone else. But I got to have some really uh, make some really good relationships with it. But the journey was awesome. It I, it was some growth and it's some hard growth. Like you have to push yourself to do this because it's self paced. You're like self regulation. You're kind of like trying to go do your thing and. 
if you don't do it, okay, that's cool. It's going to sit there until you're ready to come back. So if you don't move, then you can get le- you're going to get left in the, in the back where everybody else is going up ahead. And I saw that and I just, it made me hungry to keep going. And I just love how you took it as like something that inspired you to keep going. Cause I think it can go either way, right? It could either like mm-hmm. discourage you or it can do what it did for you. So you spent like 12 hours, you were just rocking and rolling and you got, which is, I mean, impressive, but I understand, right? Like when you're committed, when you have a goal and you're like, well, if I spend more time, I'll get there faster. So you start in June. Did you start applying like right after the do it messy challenge and then keep working on your assets? Did you take that approach or did you do it a little different? No, I did not apply to nothing. I was like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh-uh. <laughs> Do I, I saw people applying and getting interviews and stuff. I'm like, how are you doing that? I'm like, what's the formula? And I was just afraid. I was afraid because it was something fresh. And I didn't really think that I was capable of landing those positions. I didn't think I was capable of speaking to a corporate executive or recruiter and do well, I just didn't feel like I I was even going to be there. So I didn't do, I didn't move ahead. Like one of my friends, I don't know if I can name drop, but I'm not going to, but, (laughs) but one of my friends, I mean, she was just sailing, she's a beast and she was just sailing through. I'm like, how are you doing this? And I just, I could not process. I felt like a failure because I didn't, because I wasn't attacking it with this assertiveness or aggressiveness. So I felt a lot of stress about that. And I would spend countless hours just looking on LinkedIn, wanting these positions, but not doing anything about it. I was afraid. That would be, I guess, related to imposter syndrome or just downright like, my mindset started to to shift or fade away. Like this goal that I had, like, okay, you're going to take this course. Yay, that's great. Now you got to do this. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I have to apply now. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So that was tough for me, but that was part of the growth that I needed to go through. And it was a slow process for me. I felt like I needed to have all of these skills first and know all this stuff first before I actually apply. That's what my mind told me. And everybody else is like, no, you, if you're an idol and you're doing these things, you already have the skills. So I did all the work. I, I went to all of your calls. I reorganized the LinkedIn. I put together the resume. I, you know, I did all that stuff, but it was the next step that I was afraid to do. So it was a little bit of a process for me which is strange because I'm usually a go-getter, but there's some things that I just, you know, that will stop me in my tracks because I feel like I'm not prepared and I don't want to set myself up for failure. And I thought that if I did that and I got rejected, it was a failure. And so obviously it wasn't, it was just perfection talking to you, (laughs) self-doubt. So you, how far did, when did you feel ready to apply? Did you have like a certain amount of assets in your portfolio? Did it just like, did you feel strength one day? What happened? <laughs> I feel strength. <laughs> I feel, I feel the strength. <laughs> no, but like I 
I don't even think my portfolio is still... I have things that I'm working on the pipeline, but it's a slow process. I'm still working through things. I have things that I've almost completed, but not, I don't want to put something that's not fully completed on my my portfolio. And I just, I don't know, something that looked like I was, it was, okay, it was just a slow process. I would just still look through the jobs. I would get lots of encouragement from the mentors and my friends. We did that for each other. We lifted each other up quite a bit. And the more I heard that, the more I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm just going to have, okay, I'm going to apply to like two today, find two that I think that look good, you know, research the company a little bit. Well, their values seem pretty, pretty good and research their posts and stuff. So then like, okay, I'll apply for this job. It was just, I didn't do batches or anything like that. It was just a few at a time, but then towards the end of idle after the cohort finished, I seemed to pick up the pace, which I thought was a little late for me. I'm like, okay, now you get to go teach. Now you get to go into the school year and teach because you ain't got your job yet. So <laughs> I would just pace myself into, okay, I'm going to do a few today. And because rewriting the whole resume, looking for the transferable skills and the verbs and just uh, rewriting everything for a position is a lot of work. And so I would just take my time trying to get that down as best as I could. And just, I would just do a few at a time. So that's, that's how I got through it. Strength. Did I get strength one day? I guess one day I just finally said, you're going to do this. You better, you know, you have to, otherwise you'll be teaching another school year. Yeah. You know, so that created a sense of urgency. So the cohort ended like the first week in August. And so you started applying a couple of jobs. And then, all right, how did you find your current role? From one of my idol friends. Yeah. One of my idol friends, the one that's like the trailblazer who was just a beast. And she's like telling us myself and like the unaccountability group that I started. She was just telling us all the things that she was doing. So I'm thinking, yeah, I could do that. She's the one that referred that position to me. And I think a few other people, myself and my coworker, the idol that I'm working with, I know that we both applied to it and it's instructional designer for the University of Missouri. And gosh, that that's that's how it happened. It was a referral from someone within the cohort that just thought of me and referred the position. And I got the position. It's, it's I, you know, I sometimes I wake up, I'm like, I'm an instructional designer. <laughs> like there, like for probably weeks after I started, because I started September 1st, I couldn't believe that I was because I thought for sure I would not get to where I was. I wouldn't get to that point. I didn't have that confidence thinking like I was, I was going to get there. And then all of a sudden I wake up September 1st and we have our onboarding meeting and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm here. And I'm so thankful that she referred that position. I'm so thankful for that. And just for all the encouragement that not only she gave, but several of my other friends gave and everyone just, everyone's wired differently and that's okay. 
as long as you keep moving, you're going to get there, even if it's at the pace. Some are going to be like rabbits and some are going to be turtles. You know, I hate to use that analogy, but I've always thought slow and steady wins the race. And for me, you know, if that's the pace that I need to be at to do it well, then I will. I don't want to get from A to B and have a lot of messy work in between. I want to be able to do it the right way. So, you know, for, for anyone out there who's like, well, the process is taking a long time. I totally get it. I mean, it took a a month, a month for us to finally get like everything together. And then we started September 1st. I mean, that's a long process, but the process that you go through is tremendous growth. You learn a lot about yourself. You're learning about what you're capable of. And, you know, what you, what can you really do? It pushes you to a limit of being uncomfortable, but stress causes change. And that's what it, that's what it did for me. So I am just forever grateful that my friend had referred that to me and the people I interviewed with saw something in me and uh, gave me the opportunity. So I'm two months into it now, you know, going on two months and I'm getting it. <laughs> I saw a lot of those valuable writing skills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. really had a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. And of course, all your portfolios and things like that. But I mean, those writing skills don't, I mean, I would not even dismiss all those that you had before you ever even decided to become an idol. Those things are very valuable in our space. So so you're in higher education as instructional design. And I know you thought you'd do corporate, but you're in higher ed. What do you think about that? You like it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's my first experience. Sure. Let's do this. Higher ed. The funny thing is like when I started school, the LMS is Canvas. And when I, when I started teaching, like the LMS for Mizzou is, is Canvas. When I started teaching, we had to do Reading Academy. And the LMS is Canvas. And I was looking through that. And I was like, I know exactly what this is. And they, I was looking through the pages. and like, this is a RISE course. This is RISE. This is like, I, I was like, I know what this is. I know, I know exactly how they put this together. And that just really lifted my spirits. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like, I could do this. I actually know something. I'm like, I, I know, I know what I'm doing. What have I been telling myself this entire time? Mm-hmm. So higher ed, this we're working on a project that is through a grant. So this is a contract position and it is in partnership with Siemens to create a certificate course for biomedical engineering. And one of the modules that we're working on, you know, I'm partnered with my other instructional designer and together we help the professor who's new to teaching. We help him build the course out in the LMS. He has to deliver the content to us and we put it in. So for this higher ed, we're not actually using all of the neat goodies that we learned in Idle. We can, but it's, we're inputting the information and building out the course that way. I, myself, and the other idols are also creating soft skill courses. So I am personally responsible for one soft skill course in that entire certificate course, which my imprint will be there forever and ever. So that's, that's incredible to me. So yes, the writing skills and everything have come into play, but higher ed, I think they're the 
subject matter experts are going to be just as I think they'll be they'd be the same as if you were in a corporate environment. It's the same thing. I don't know anything about biomedical engineering or x-ray radiography. So they're going to tell me about it and I'm going to do my best to convey their message and their voice in the LMS when building this course or this module. So would I like to be in corporate eventually? Yeah, because I want to experience that as well. So when this contract is up, we'll see what happens. The, The cool thing is that after this, you know, I, I could go anywhere to have the experience. I could go anywhere. I have the experience that IELTS given me. I am continuing to grow myself and my skills and invest in myself. So when this contract is up, I'll be more than ready to really get going in corporate. If that's the the route that I take, which I'm, I'm open, but I still have goals. I'm going to stick to that path. Well, and also, I mean, it's not even just exclusively curriculum for higher ed. You're building a professional development certification for a corporate entity. Mm -hmm. And so in many ways, you are using all of your corporate idle skills to do work like that. And so, I mean, not all of them, right? Not all your tech tools, but all the other parts. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. That's That's great. So, and are you fully remote? I am. And I would not, I love my autonomy. You know, I, I love that I'm being at home. Okay. You know, I, I think it's great. I didn't realize how much I would love being alone in my house and just working the flow from eight to five. I am busy. There's no like, oh, I'm just going to you know sit back and like watch the sunrise with my tea or anything. Like, no, I got to get going because everybody's already slacking me or I have emails or my, my deadline is on Friday and I need to get edits done and everything. So I don't have time to waste. And uh, this is a, con- I'll tell you something funny. It's a contract position. I'm like, you know, my office is kind of moved from the dining room to a bedroom but I told my husband, I was like, so when I get my permanent position, I get a she shed, right? Yeah, <laughs> a she shed in the backyard. So then I can have my private office and get my she shed in there and, and just be able to work. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to that. That's a goal. <laughs> this guy's like, I want my she shed. <laughs> oh, I want one of those too. <laughs> I'm putting this office into my she shed. I was going to be girly, but it's going <laughs> to. I understand. I understand the desire for a she shed because you're like, it's my own space. It's good. It's what inspires me. So I love it. That's right. That's right. You need a good space to, to work in. So you have that flow and it just, I don't know, it just makes you want to work. Yeah. Now you get to the autonomy. You get to just focus on your work. You can go to the bathroom whenever you want. True. Cause teachers know like it's, it's really hard for you to, to take care of yourself when you're in the classroom. So I don't know, Dan, I don't have to put a timer on or anything like that. I can just take care of myself when I need to, which is awesome. I love it. <laughs> okay. So Cynthia, I love your story. And I think everyone wants to know what's your best and final advice for those that are wanting to make the transition to instructional design. Move, you know, move. Move from what? Move from that comfort zone because you know that you need to do something more to get yourself where you need to be. 
but some people just like me, you're scared, but you have to move yourself because jumping into it, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going on. You don't know anything. You have fear that might overcome, you know, overtake you at times, but I get it. It's something new. It's something fresh, but you have to move and you have to get it or else somebody else will. And that's your opportunity. So I would encourage anyone who is looking to be an instructional designer to move or you will be moved. That's just, that's just it. The, the more I see my feed in LinkedIn, the more I know that a lot of people are doing this right now. And if you're not willing to put forth that effort to get where you need to be and you feel defeated like I did at, at many times, your pace is going to be a lot slower than it could be. I just, I feel like people, you just need to move or you will be moved and take those opportunities and don't give up. I know those are like cliche words. You hear it all the time. Don't give up. You can do this. It's completely true. Do not feel like you, like you are not capable of doing that. Cause I felt that way. And that was a really tough spot for me to be in because I don't, you know, I don't want to feel uh, defeated or, or, or a failure before I even give it a try. Mm-mm. No, you need to take those opportunities and just, just do it. Just jump into it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. The process is brutal sometimes. And I, I see so many people that have had like, you know, rejection after rejection, but it's only going to get you closer to a yes. It's only going to get you closer to a yes. 10 no's gets you closer to a yes. And someone will see you. All of that stuff is still an experience and you learn from it and you grow from it and you keep pushing yourself to get to that point where you're going to be. And you don't stop until you get there. And when you get there, you're going to help somebody else get there. You're going to help somebody else get there because somebody helped you get to where you are. And you need to, you know, I I would encourage and hope that you're going to pour into somebody else to get them to that, that place as well. So move just move. I mean, that's perfect. I have nothing else to say other than thank you, Cynthia, for sharing <laughs> your story. I know that somebody is going to be moved by your advice and your story. And I mean, thank you just for coming and sharing and, and pouring into everyone that hears your story today. So yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to, to do this. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.